0: We've been talking about the cross going into Easter. We've been talking about the cross. I've talked about the different languages that you can use to talk about the cross. What exactly happened on the cross other than the fact that a, that a man died? What exactly happened there? I mean, Jesus, even the day that he was crucified, wasn't the only person that died on a cross that day. What makes his cross different? You know, the Bible says that he was, he was hung between two others. There were three at least that day. There were at least three that died on crosses. What what makes Jesus' cross different? Well, who he was and who he is makes all the difference in the world. The reality of Jesus Christ is this. Jesus Christ came to do something that only Jesus could do. You know, the the guy on the right of him couldn't do it. The guy on the left of him couldn't do it. And and you can't do it. There's no... There's no cross that you could bear. There's no death that you could die. There, there's no crown of thorns you could wear to accomplish what Jesus accomplished. With his crown of thorns. With his, with his broken body. With whips and flesh pulled from bone. With, with his nails through the hands and feet. Lifted up above the earth. Die, he did something that only he could do because of who he was and who he is the Son of God. The Bible talks of him being the spotless lamb, the spotless lamb, which lends us to a conversation of something that isn't talked about a lot in the church. You know, when you think about the Bible and you think about this thing called sacrifice. It seems very brutal. I am very thankful that we no longer practice animal or human sacrifice. I mean I think about that in, in, in I'm like Man, I'm glad I don't do that. You know? I mean, I'm a sissy when it comes to killing things. That ought to make y'all feel pretty good about that. I mean, I can squish a bug, but, you know, I, I, can't, I can't look at a deer without thinking about Bambi. You know, and I mean, that's just it. You know, I mean, I mean that, that's okay. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I can catch fish. I don't feel much sorry for them, but... Um, I've never, I've never been one to be cruel to animals. My, my heart, I just my dad years ago. I, I deer hunted years ago. I just turned all the deer hunters off. But I love you, and and you know I come from a long line of deer hunters. I come from a long line of deer hunters. Thirty ought sixes and buck knives. Terrible! Do not try to write a song in front of people. <laughs> <laughs> write songs. Write songs in the privacy of your own room. But uh, and then vet them with someone that knows music. I come from a long line of deer hunters. I told my dad what I said. I think I'm through. I'm going to hang up my hunting. And, and my dad said, "You done got soft, didn't you?" <laughs> then one day he he was probably he, he was probably seventy. I wish Rocky were in here. He's up there. Rocky, God bless you, brother. You, you, got, you got to love me on this one. He, he, was about, he was probably, my dad was probably about 70, 73. He said, I think I'm going to quit hunting. I said, you done got soft, didn't you? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yeah, you know, when you think about these animal sacrifices in the Old Testament, I mean, to me, the, you know, the reason why it's not talked about a whole lot is because it's kind of hard to explain in some senses, of the words. I mean, you kind of get this idea of, of the fall of man, and we've been talking about that. We've been talking about that when man fell in the garden, he fell from a state of dominion. In, in Genesis chapter 1, God spoke to man and said that you would have dominion, or you would have rule over this earth, that you would have rule over every living thing. And when man fell in sin... That rule, that dominion was passed from man to death. Now death had dominion. Death now would be staring in the eyes of every man, woman, boy and girl and say at some point you're going to have to succumb because I have you. I have dominion over you. I am death. I rule. So the Bible talks about things like that we are held slaves to the fear of death. That we are, that we are in bondage to. That, that this idea of death from the Old Testament perspective prior to Jesus Christ. That, that, that these words from God to them in Genesis 3.3. 3, but God did say you must not eat from the fruit of the tree that is in the middle of the garden. And you must not touch it. Or you will die. This is the reverberation back from death to man. You will die. You will die. You will die. I have dominion over you. You will die. Man was even thrust from the garden. And we've talked about that. We talked about that, that the cross is a battlefield. That Jesus Christ fought a battle with death on the cross. And won. And only he could fight that battle. And only he could win that battle. We talked about the, the cross being a marketplace, that we were held slaves to the fear of death. But that Jesus on the cross stepped into the marketplace of eternity and said, I am going to redeem them all. They are no longer slaves. They are free. Last week we talked about the cross being a place of exile, that Jesus Christ stepped into that place where people had been banished from the presence of God, and now Jesus Christ comes into that place of banishment and he leads the captives from that place of exile. He declares to us that we can now go home. Let's go back to the Father. Let's go be in his presence. And all of that stands in... Contrast to what death would say because death would speak over every one of us and say that we are unworthy to enter the presence of God. Death would say that we are losers, not winners in the great battle of eternity. Death would say that we are still slaves and we must still succumb to the fear of death in our life. That that death is something to fear and be afraid of because death is would claim to have dominion, but yet Jesus Christ came into this world and did what he did in order to capture dominion back for mankind. And and this was the power of the cross. This is what happened on that middle cross. This is what is different between This cross and these crosses or any other cross that may have been in the historical setting of the Roman Empire, that that, that this is the difference between the cross of Jesus Christ and in any other death that could happen, that Jesus Christ came to secure dominion. So that takes us back to this idea of sacrifice. The Old Testament is replete with animal sacrifices, that that, that there was a temple set up, a tabernacle in the wilderness, a temple in Jerusalem. There was, there was this temple set up, and inside of this temple were these places of worship, and ultimately the center place where the Bible says a mercy seat sat upon what is called the Ark of the Covenant, and, and it was there that the people understood the very presence of God would dwell among the people in that place. But even in that system, only one person could go in, and that was the high priest. That the high priest, they would, they, would go to this, they, would, they would go through these ceremonial things where they were, they were washing out of labor, they were doing all these things, they were, then they would sacrifice, and they would take the blood from this sacrifice, and then this high priest would enter into this temple with the blood of that sacrifice, and this was God's temporary. Everybody say temporary. That's a very important word. This is God's temporary answer to the accusation thrown by death. That death is saying, nope, you said they would die. Death would say, nope, I have dominion over them. I have, I have secured dominion over them because of the fall. And then God would say, but then let something be sacrificed. And the death of, of this particular animal and the bringing in of this blood will cause the people to be ceremonially clean in a temporary situation and the people then would be able to have some measure of fellowship with God among them through the high priest and God worked with the people in that system that every time death would bring this accusation, the people are unclean, the people are unfit, the people cannot be in the presence of God, the people must die. That's God's own word. The people must die. Then God would again reiterate this idea of sacrifice that if, if an animal is slain and the blood is taken in, the accusation of death will then, will then be answered that there is now no accusation from you, the blood covers that dominion strike from you. This is revealed to us in the New Testament and I read from the New Testament. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 11 says, But when Christ came, see, you have all of these animal sacrifices, and all of this was set in a temporary fashion. But now listen to this. But when Christ came, as high priest of the good things that are now already here he went through the greater and more perfect tabernacle that is not made with human hands that is to say it is not a part of this creation and so the writer here is saying that the temple that Christ went to wasn't on a hilltop in Jerusalem the temple that Christ went into what was not in some earthly place made of made of stone and of mortar but the temple that Christ went into was a heavenly temple that Christ on the cross, went into a heavenly place, and as a high priest, he entered into that tabernacle that's not made in this creation, but it is a spiritual place. And then he said, he did not enter by means of the blood of goats and calves, but he entered the most holy place once for all by his own blood, thus obtaining eternal redemption. See, the blood of Jesus Christ is not like the other blood that was spilled because all of that was temporary. But Jesus Christ came as a perfect sacrifice to answer the accusation of death. That when Jesus Christ stepped into that holy place with his own blood, he declared once for all that this whole charade is. Finished. I take dominion back. (laughs) Oh, death standing there with its eyes wide open as Jesus Christ steps into that holy temple in heaven and declares that I have dominion and I am going to make the people clean. Oh, oh, clean that we can enter into the presence of God. See, the 13th verse says, The blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of a heifer sprinkled on those who are ceremonially unclean sanctify them so that they are outwardly clean. How much more will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered himself unblemished to God, cleanse our consciousness from acts that lead to death so that we may serve the living God. Our consciousness, Is clean from acts that lead to death. Death doesn't have a hold on us anymore. Death doesn't have dominion over us anymore. Because Jesus Christ went to a cross. And on that cross as a temple, he stepped into that holy place and with his own blood, he eternally redeemed that which was broken. Ladies and gentlemen, we have been set free by the blood of Jesus Christ and we are now made clean. We are now made clean. I mean, this is the thing that, that gets me... Uh, uh, you know, and I, I mean, I don't want to take too big of a rabbit trail here. But I mean, this is, this is the thing that gets me about this idea in, in the Christian church that we have to work our way toward being right in the eyes of God. As though there were some cross that we could bear that, that would make it all right. Listen... Jesus did what he did because he was the only one that could do it. (laughs) Are you you following with me about that? Do you understand what I'm saying right there? This, This here says that he offered himself as an unblemished. As an unblemished. See, Christ was tempted in all points like we are, but he was without sin. Jesus Christ was able to do what we cannot do. And that is, go to the cross and cause a finished work to take place. That Jesus Christ, with his own blood, redeemed us in eternity. So that now, we stand and we recognize that what we were once powerless to do, we can now do through Jesus that what we were once unable to do on our own and are still unable to do on our own, we can accomplish through faith in Jesus Christ. Matter of fact, look at Romans chapter 3. Now apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been made known to which the law and the prophets testify. This righteousness given through faith In Jesus Christ to all who believe. There is no difference between Jew and Gentile. For all have sinned. And fall short of the glory of God. But there is a righteousness. That isn't something I produce on my own. It is something that is given to me by faith in Jesus Christ. A righteousness from God that comes down into my life. Not because I'm good. But because Jesus Christ is good. Not because I have accomplished something great, but that Jesus Christ accomplished something great. That on the cross, he went into the temple and with his own blood declared they are clean. And so that now, every one of us can go to that place in the presence of God and we can declare our faith in Jesus Christ. And by declaring our faith in Jesus Christ, There is a reciprocation from God into our life of His righteousness. Of the righteousness of God that is given through faith in Jesus Christ. Today, we don't attempt to work our way into being good. We humbly come before a God that is good. And we willfully accept that which he has given to us by faith. In that temple, death says all have sinned. But then Jesus says, but they have been made clean through faith in me. And I have the dominion now. See, here's the deal. A lot of times in Matthew 28, those of us who are accustomed to the verses that are commonly called the Great Commission, we skip to go ye therefore into all the world and preach the gospel to every Christ. We jump there. What we fail to realize a lot of times is that portion of the Great Commission doesn't necess- it doesn't start with go. It starts a few It starts a few words earlier when Jesus said, All authority has been given to me both in heaven and on earth. Then it says, therefore, go. Jesus said, because the authority has been given to me, all authority on heaven and on earth, because I have secured dominion, now you can go. This is what I want to tell somebody today. Jesus has the authority to make you clean. He has the authority to do it. And not only does he have the authority to do it, he has the willingness to do it. Maybe the greatest statement of the day is the one I'm about to make. God is not against you. God is not against you. He is for you. 110% if that were possible. He is absolutely for you. And He has the authority to cleanse you. You say, well, Pastor, what about when we make a mistake? What about when we goof up? What about then? Well the Bible talks about if we do sin we have an advocate with the Father Jesus Christ the righteous what we do is we go back to him a word that many of us may be familiar with repentance you say what does it mean to repent most people would say it it means to ask for forgiveness I'll say that repentance takes it just about a about a hair farther than that. Repentance is not only asking for forgiveness, it's having a change of heart to allow the Holy Spirit to try to change the behavior to begin with. It's about a turnaround. Are you following me? And so we go to the Lord and we ask in a spirit of repentance, we ask for forgiveness. this is where people get a little sideways because a lot of times it's so hard to forgive ourselves that we have a hard time grasping that God has forgiven us. Can I tell you something today you've already been forgiven he's just waiting on you to come I mean sometimes we think about I've seen people this is gonna be terrible you're gonna get you okay? First Church did not get this. You're fixing to get uh, uh, this. You know, I've seen people they come to God and they, they and they call this repentance. You know what I'm saying? It's like they just they're so pulling, they're straining. I've I've seen people go, "Please, God, please forgive me, God." What is that? Seriously? I mean, to me, that's more like an emotional breakdown. You know what it really is? It's it's doubt. It's like, man, if I can beg hard enough, maybe God'll do it. You don't have to beg for God's forgiveness. That's ridiculous. The Bible says while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He died for you when there was when when, when you were as low as you could get. He still loved you enough. You don't have to beg for God's forgiveness. Get a little bit of faith inside to say, "You know what? Jesus died for me even if I'm a scoundrel. You know, even if I'm a mess-up. Come on. Even if I'm a mess-up. I think every one of us might have areas in our life that that we think, man, I'm a mess-up right there. That don't mean I want to stay there, but it does mean I can go to the Lord and say, hey, work on me. And in that place of the temple on the cross... Jesus Christ has all authority to declare you clean. And he wants to do that for somebody. He wants to get a monkey off of someone's back today. I mean, I really, I just kind of felt like, man, I want to come out here today. There are people sitting under here, you say, well, I just feel so unworthy. I feel so unworthy. Pastor, don't you feel unworthy? Not in Christ. I mean, I'm not being arrogant, but I'm telling you, I have 100% confidence that God loves me. I have 100% confidence that Jesus wants to cleanse me. So I'm not groveling before the throne of God. The Bible says to come boldly to the throne. Come boldly to the throne that you may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Come boldly. How can you come boldly? You can come boldly when you understand that on the cross, Jesus Christ declared you clean. It's been done. It's It's a done deal. All you have to do is walk into it. Come on, somebody. Come on, let me let me. I gotta say it one more time. I'm trying to help somebody right now. This is the way we treat God. We treat God like He hadn't made up His mind yet. Is anybody else in here besides me? We we treat God like He hadn't made up His mind yet. Like, well, I don't know, man. I don't know if God's gonna forgive me or not. I guess God will make up His mind when I get there. And it's like we go and say, oh Lord, will you forgive me? And the answer for Him is well you're gonna have to give me a moment. Well, I just don't know. You know, John Paul, I could probably forgive you if you wouldn't keep lying about your name. I mean, seriously, dude, every day, every day, every day, you lie about your name. Your name is John Paul, not JP. But no! No! You're a liar! They're a liar! Please forgive me. I promise I'll make Nikki call me John Paul instead of Pookie. The gods up there going, well, nope, nope, I just don't know about it. You know what? John Paul, come to me tomorrow. Maybe you straighten this mess up. You've cra- you got all these young people lying. Pastor JP, Pastor JP, the whole pack of them are going to hell because of you. treat God like that. Like we're in a bargaining with God. Trying to bargain our forgiveness. Trying to bargain mercy. Trying to bargain. Stop trying to bargain with God and just have faith to know He's got all authority. He's got all authority and He's got all the forgiveness. The Bible says He obtained eternal redemption. It's already a done deal. You just need to have faith in it. Whether you go as Pookie, JP, or John Paul, he loves you. He loves you. He loves you. Am I the only one in the room that's catching the wind that's blowing in the spirit? That that, that somebody in this house needs to step under the umbrella of God's love and forgiveness and recognize you have been redeemed. You have been redeemed. Jesus Christ went into the temple on the cross and he made us clean. Now we just have to accept it. Would you stand with me? Father, I'm asking you in the name of Jesus to help us. I'm asking you to help us. It is by your word, it is by your presence, it is by your spirit that we are declaring the blessing of And the word of God over every heart and every life give us minds to understand this give us a fresh start today give us the ability to understand your righteousness that has been given to us through faith in Christ help us today to feel that cleansing that cleans our consciousness from Acts that lead to death. I'm asking you in Jesus' name for your strength and power. If you're in this house right now and you say, No, Pastor, I need a fresh start. Would you pray with me today that I can just have a fresh start? That, that that I can have salvation or 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 recommitment in my life. Would you just raise your hand and say, That's me, and I want a fresh start today? Thank you so much. Pray with me, everybody, for these that just raise their hand and say, Father right now I declare Jesus Christ is my Lord I believe that God raised Christ from the dead and I'm asking right now for your forgiveness I repent before you and I pray that you would give me the strength by the Holy Spirit to be whom you have called me to be I thank you for forgiving me. And I'm going to walk in your love. In Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. I wonder if we would clap our hands to the Lord in this house. Praise God.